Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheep. A Time Wheel Production. Absolutely, man. I, I agree. I've been, it's been a long time coming. I've been wanting to, uh, to get together with you guys as well. I've been watching you guys a lot, though. You've been... You've been doing a, a crap ton of work on, on social media and, and getting with a lot of big name people. It's uh, really cool to see that. Like Scott Purdom. Well, <laughs> way to segue into that one. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. I'm, we're, just so everyone knows, I'm here with Scott Purdom. Uh, this is the Robert Patton Global Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We kind of got right into it. And we're just talking about, like, what I'd like to talk about on, this podcast is success, how you find success, how you train the mind to be successful. And I know working with horses and people, you try to use horses to get people healthy mentally. Is that accurate? That's a that's a, an accurate statement. Sure, yeah. What got um, you? What got you into that? So. <clears throat> When I was, I mean, I was one of those kids that was born and raised around horses. So, you know, at the young age uh, of three, I started riding. Uh, my my parents, that's how they met, was in horses. And, you know, it just, it was in my DNA, I guess. And so I grew up, um, went to college for only a year and dropped out of college and decided I wanted to train horses for a living. And that's how I, um, I kind of started my my career and been doing that for the last the last 16 16 17 years something like that i don't know way too, way too bloody long every time i think about it i just feel older <laughs> i know i looked at myself in the mirror the other night and i was just like what <laughs> that's what i look like now it like all it hit me all at once cuz i'm 42 and i feel kind of like i'm still 28 or whatever but you're only as old as what's in your mind man yeah, I was just staring at myself. I was like, "Whoa, you look so different now." Yeah. But that's life. That's that's what uh, we're going through. It's, I'm trying to fight it with some, you know, different little like stem cells and and cold ice ice baths and all these different you know biohacking techniques to try to keep my youth. Oh um, yeah, well, you'll have, how how's that going for you? I feel good. I mean, I know I got stem cells and I. It was kind of subtle. I don't even know. You know, it's like you said, it's kind of on the mind. And it might be a placebo thing, but. You know, and so just taking that and, and going going a step further, you talk about the transformation. So kind of a segue into something that coming back to something you said in the beginning here is about the mind. So when I really started into this, I was really all about training horses. And I kind of switched into training the people because with horses, I realized that it wasn't the horses' problems, faults. It was the people. The people, humans are the ones that kind of do all the screwing up of horses, generally speaking. And and so then I turned into to training, uh, teaching people how to deal with horses, using them for therapy, et cetera, which they're fantastic. Uh, they're fantastic therapy, uh, by the way. Um, but... Then what I've, I've even shifted even more to, so transformation, I'm all about uh, continuing education personally. Like that is my number one thing is continuing ed. 
And one of the things that I've really been growing into is understanding the human mind and how it relates to the horses. And uh, I just got done traveling around, even during this COVID, I just got back from Alaska and Washington um, just a week ago, and I just did a whole series of clinics and workshops and rearranged my entire thing to be about uh, the human mind and how communication errors due to the mind and, and how fear and so forth can shut people down. And by changing that narrative in the human mind uh, and, and in their story can change how the um, essentially how you communicate with your horse. And so anyway, you know, the mindset is such a huge thing that, um, you know, transforming yourself. You listen to me on the mic even five years ago, I didn't even sound, I don't sound like I sound now because uh, understanding that mindset. I used to get so nervous when I would get on a microphone and they still do to, you know, sometimes I'm not as nervous with you because we, I feel like we've sort of met before, but I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with this. He teaches like meditation and, sure. and yoga and, and all these different modalities of therapy for the mind, the body. And anyways, I don't know why, but I was like super nervous talking to him. <laughs> but I told him up front, I was like, look, I'll ease into it in like five minutes. Just bear with me. And because and, I was breathing really shallow, like uncomfortable, like nervous breathing. And so it That's still happens. Yeah. Well, the intro, like that is interesting. What, how the breath plays a part in the mental such a huge role yeah yeah what do you practice any sort of breathing or meditation absolutely i actually um i'll do a lot of different uh priming exercises um which is kind of um you know quick breathing uh type thing to to try to get i i've really been working a lot personally on having putting myself in a uh a peak state to continue things, you know, such as motivation, trying to push me uh, to continue motivation every single day. Because, I mean, you know, when you work as for your own business, um, sometimes I was falling down what I'd call the rabbit hole, where I'd fall down this into the state where it was just day in and day out of the same crap, 16 hour days. And you're like, man, how the heck do I get out of this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, people don't understand it. Like it's, well, it's a marathon, you know, not a sprint. Long, <laughs> long, long. Ways. So, you know, you know, you always hear, well, it's not work if you're doing what you love. Well, I did love it, but then, you know, 16 hour days beats you to hell. And you're like, do I really love this? And, you know, so I, I, I had to re, I had to realize that essentially I needed to change. I have kind of a, a, a radical change in my physiology. And, and so I do a lot of stuff to try to make myself Remember why, you know, what I'm grateful for, things that mm. I'm, um, uh, you know, things that I'm, I'm excited about and just put myself in a, in a positive state in a, not just positive state, but just in a, a peak state where I'm ready to, to take on the day and uh, take on whatever kind of comes my way, but it being, being that in a positive place. And I think that that's really been a big thing. And, and one of the breathing techniques that I even tell people just I deal with a lot of people with fear and anxieties. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, even a fast uh, breathing technique that, that works really well, which has been widely used, 
I mean, I didn't invent it, um, is, is kind of the, you know, breathe in for four to seven seconds, hold for seven, breathe out for, for seven. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and that's a very commonly used one, but it's a, it, it really still does. I mean, it does wonders. Um, yeah, just, so just yeah, take, we do. take a stack, take a, take a minute, whatever, and just take some long, deep breaths to calm down. People don't stop long enough to do that. They don't, they don't. And so we try to practice that a little bit more. And, um, you know, even through our own, our own business, we've been changing a lot to really trying to push to a more motivational place and understanding that everything has to do with your own state of mind. You want to be a good, a good horse trainer or a good, uh, I mean, hell, a good person for that matter. You know, you need to, you need to change your state of mind, um, you know, to, to be able to, to be that way. Yeah. To be the, not so much affected by your outside surroundings, but to be the center, the calm and the focus within like, and let the outside not affect you so much. Uh, Like like that's what these types of peak states can give you is that you're in control. So what happened with that? I didn't hear that podcast. What happened kind of with that, uh, with that gentleman you were, you were describing? We talked a lot about um, mostly similar things, breathing techniques, ice baths. He's like 66 and full of life, like super vibrant. Um, That's awesome. He, yeah, he was really just cooperating a lot of, uh, information that I had heard on the in, in you know on podcasts and whatnot. There's a guy named Wim Hof, and we really got onto a Wim Hof kick. I'm sure you've heard of him. I have. I'm I'm not as perfect to him though either. So um... one. So we got deep. I I, I was doing it wrong. He kind of corrected me on my breathing technique. Which if you haven't tried it, go to YouTube do like the Wim Hof breathing technique. There's a, a th- 11 minute version where you're just taking l- like long, deep breaths in short breaths out for 30 breaths, you know, in, in, in a row. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then you exhale out for basically as long as you can. And, and typically it's about a minute, but then when you inhale, you hold and squeeze like your perineum, your, your, guts and and you're trying to like push energy up into your brain and i was not doing that last part where you hold and squeeze i was just holding my breath i wasn't really like squeezing okay and man it'll it gives you like this head rush to the point where you almost pass out so you want to be sitting down but what it's what's happening according to him and Wim Hof is you're getting all of the endocannabinoids and norepinephrine and like adrenaline and all these chemicals that you can produce, you know, yourself. Like people look to drugs to stimulate their body when you can do these techniques. And I have experimented in the past with all of the substances known to man, probably. But t- <laughs> but this is very powerful and it's natural and it's within you and and, and it'll it'll fuck you up and like but just, just <laughs> but in like, a good way in a good way and for like a minute and then it really like overloads your brain with it feels like chemicals it feels euphoric but then you come out of it and you're you're awake you know 
It's one of those, sounds like one of those things that uh, it's that, that, that release almost that when you release it, everything, it's just probably a, uh, like totally a total sense of relaxation over the body. Is oh that, is that right? It really is. It's all, it's so cool. I've, I've been, and I've been doing it pretty much every day now for like three months and it, and I was, I d started it right before I moved. I was uh, in moving is such a pain in the ass. Mm, I get but that. It, but it gave me a lot of energy to go through the whole moving process. So we had to recon we remodeled the house and it's been about 90 days, let's say, and the house is finally remodeled and we're finally getting situated, but and I'm st I'm still doing it and now I'm adding the ice baths and that takes it to a whole nother level of focus, just dealing with stress and sticking in it. Um, and just the breathe, it forces you to breathe deep, breathe and then breathe out and breathe in and breathe out real long, deep breaths to the point where it almost start your, but you start feeling hot. Like the cold start feeling hot because your body is adjusting to the conditions and doing whatever it needs to do. Like if you were in an ice storm naked, you know, you probably die eventually. I remember that weekend. That was, that was rough. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a wild one. Too much alcohol. That's right. You know, that's so interesting. You say that though about the ice bath, because I was, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading and, and a lot of research on, on these things. And every single one has been talking about these cold, you know, ice showers, cold showers, ice baths, whatever. And I, that's probably the one thing that I haven't been able to pull myself to do other than like after a, a major workout, I'm mm -hmm. like, I'll do a cold shower then, but it doesn't feel so bad. Uh, but I, I, I haven't been able to, to, to get up the, the gumption to, to really try that one. That one, that one's the hard one. Cause everyone says, you know, you should do it every day, you know, like a yeah. cold shower. you like, wake up, take a cold shower. You're like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah. I remember, it reminds me of a Seinfeld episode yes. where Costanza was going to the gym and he was sweating. <laughs> remember that one? I do. I know exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> sweating for like hours after the gym. And then somebody said, why don't you just take a cold shower? He's like, only psychopaths take cold showers. <laughs> I was that way also. And you want to do it when you're like fully um, rested, kind of. You know what I mean? Like if your body mm -hmm. is strained, you're, you haven't been getting a lot of sleep or eating well, probably not a good time to do it. But mm. when you're after a good workout, you're feeling good, you're warmed up, get in there. And that's a good, I mean, that's the typical way to do it. And I think that's probably the best way to start. But if you're not like athletic or whatever, and you want to try it, the suggestion is you're taking a warm shower. You take a normal warm shower. The last 15 seconds, turn it on cold. Um, just to start it, you know, just give mm. yourself a quick, like low bar to pass. And then, you know, the, you know, you do that for a week or whatever, and then you slowly increase the length of time that you're, taking the, the cold shower portion and that's it's just a way to sort of introduce it kind of softly so you're not shocking yourself so bad 
That's fair. Maybe I'll have to do it. Do it from from that perspective. Is is the last last like you said, fifteen seconds. Yeah. Give it a try. Or even you know, like I say, I'm doing an ice bath. I'm not even really doing an ice bath. All I'm doing is filling up the tub with cold, you know, just cold water, as cold as it gets. And I, I just took the temperature because I was wondering how cold it was because I was like, this has got to be freezing. But it, but it was only like 55 degrees. But <laughs> makes you feel even worse about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it, what it did was, I was like, oh, it uh, gave me some kind of mental comfort to stay in there longer. So I, I, when I was only, I was doing like a minute, but now I'm doing up to almost five minutes in the same temperature. And, and as time goes on, I'm going to start adding a little bit of ice and it's like slowly dropping it down. And I don't know what the end goal is. Other than, I mean, I want to be enlightened and awakened and, and at a peak state. I think that was an interesting term you used that trying mm, to mm-hmm. stay in a peak state. I like that, but it's so hard to stay there. Oh, it's very hard to stay there. Um, unless you can really learn things of how to anchor yourself, how to get yourself to a place that every time you're starting to feel down, being able to, to have almost a, a button to push uh, to, to bring you back to, to that state, which is, it's possible. It's just really hard. What is your button? Uh, I actually put it on, on my, uh, literally is a button that I put on myself, um, which is on my shoulder, uh, that essentially what it is, is you are to come up with something. So, so here's the thing about the mind and, and I'm sure you, you may know this, but you know, your mind can't hold two emotions at once, right? Uh, it's, it's impossible. You can't be uh, angry and happy at the same time. You can't be uh, in a sense, fearful and and fully laughing, like fully engaged laughing at the same time. So essentially what you want to do is you want to sit there and you want to think about what are the things, and, and I start first with telling people like, um, what is the happy, you know, think of something happy. Think of uh, some of the, uh, the things, something that made you the most happy. Sometimes it's, you know, it's marriage, it's, it's having your first kid. Um, or I mean, marriage could be the saddest thing. No, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but no, I mean, think, think about the happiest thing in your, in your, um, you know, in your life that's happened. And then what you want to do is when you start feeling that way, you, or you start thinking about that, you should start immediately feeling a little bit of a difference. Like you should start feeling yourself almost a little bit more confident. Uh, if you're feeling down in the dumps, you're going to have things like hunched, uh, slouched shoulders, um, you know, hunched over, you know, your talking is kind of like this and you're kind of, you know, I'm just not feeling good. But if you kind of start to bring that up uh, and think of those happy thoughts, you start to get to a to a place where you kind of are talking kind of how I am right now, a little bit more uh, rapid. And then during this time, as you're doing it, every once in a while, you want to touch, kind of press onto a specific spot. It can be anywhere. You can press your fingers together. You can touch your knee. It really doesn't matter where the location is. But essentially you touch this area uh, multiple times as you're going through this happy feeling uh, and happy state, then take it the next step further. As I try to tell people, think about the time that you, some, a time that you literally laugh like the hardest you can possibly laugh, like something that literally almost made you pee your pants laughter. And if somebody truly finds it while they're thinking about it, they will laugh. They will come to that state and they will be laughing. And so when you're in that state laughing, 
you want to really start to put that anchor down where you're pressing on your shoulder every time you have that 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 um, that that feeling of laughter. And then if you do this for a few moments, pardon me, um, you do this for a few moments, what you'll start to notice is even after that moment has passed, if you press your shoulder, or I mean, it's my case, it's my shoulder. Uh, if you press that spot, you will notice you will instantly go back into that state of mind if you truly got there to begin with and if you anchored it well enough. So it's not just touching yourself once. It's kind of pressing down, letting go, uh, get in that state, press down, let go, and do it such in such a multitude of times that when you press it again and you're out of that place, it puts you back into it. Like, for example, my funny thought is we were we – were, um, uh, my whole team and I went out for a trail ride uh, not too long ago. And so I use this one a lot. My whole team and I went out and there's this one uh, woman who works for me. Um, she likes to kind of screw around and, and um, you know, try to do things to anger me. Um, <laughs> so she, like uh, we were riding, she knocked my hat off. So she knows that I take mm-hmm. it a step further. So I, I, um, I pushed her off the horse. <laughs> oh my God. Awesome. <laughs> In a fun way. She didn't hurt herself. I didn't, of course. Uh, you know, um, I mean, she didn't go to the hospital, hurt her. No, <laughs> but she, um, so then, uh, she's trying to get back on her horse and because she was screwing around with us, um, there was like five of us and we all just kind of took off, uh, with our horses. And so it would make her horse like really difficult to try to get on because her horse wanted to be with us. Yep. And so she got angry and she just started walking. And what was funny was, um, she knew if she tried to get on, we'd screw with her. But she was, she was looking back, bitching at us about something, um, and she was walking with her horse. There was somebody in front of us who saw that she was looking back, and the person in front literally stopped the horse, and this, this woman, she went face first into the horse's ass, just oh like a cartoon, God. like face shoved into the horse's ass. And every time, it just, we oh were about, God. we were dying. And so... I use that as my my putting myself into a peak state. I get into that place, and I'm like, I'm ready to take on the world. That is um, beautiful. That is a. I and I I was taking some notes, and you were uh, talking about the happy moment in your life, and I was thinking, mm-hmm. of course, the marriage kid thing, of course. But then I was like, what about the game, like a game winning shot? Or, yeah. Or you're like in front of a crowd. You're like the rock star. Your hands are up in the air. You're like. Crowd goes wild, yes. and yeah. and so that's what that's cool. I like this idea because I need a button myself so that I can re, you know, compose myself when I need to. Because I get, I'm a Pisces, which is astro- astrology, and people think mm-hmm. that's woo woo, but I'm like super emotional. Like I'll cry on a commercial or something. Like just things hit me on an emotional level like and i so it's do you have kids i have a daughter okay how old is your daughter 19 19 so so kids are like a big turning point of that too though you know i I can so for for example even myself i was i was certainly this this um you know, they say that women go, I mean, women go through a lot of uh, changes, right? Not only physically when they have kids, but of course, emotionally, right? Um, but men do as well. And I would say, even from my own personal standpoint, I was not an overly emotional person. But after having kids, um, I noticed that that state of my own 
just increases. I'll watch a commercial that has kids on it doing something, something sweet, something sweet, <laughs> right? And then I, you know, I start tearing up like a little, like a little child, and I think, what in God's name is wrong with me? <laughs> with me? But, but I, I noticed that state changed has changed since then, and I'm, you know, I don't know whether you could go date back and even correlate that as as a time that. Not saying that that wasn't you completely in the beginning, but maybe that maybe that's a that that's something that didn't that that, that create helped create that change to to be even more than what it is or more than what it was, I should say. Um, I could see that because you're identifying with these scenarios that you would not have identified with prior to having a kid, but you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that it touches you in a way where it's like just whatever that is. Those emotions are such a strange human characteristic and you know some like laughter what you just said giving how it can give you energy to take on the day i was listening to joe rogan podcast sorry everyone um and you're putting a lot of plugs into his can we put a plug into my own podcast (laughs) yes no uh, yeah i noticed that you do have your your own podcast and i mean advantage horsemanship if it's called a horse and home podcast uh yeah because if you look up advantage horsemanship you probably won't find it on like apple Podcasts or whatever but it's just called horse and home podcast uh there and it's it's dealing with a lot of um you know Kind of like the real side, just conversation, just very similar to, to what we're we're conversing about right now. You know, just kind of whatever kind of comes up, or we'll try to have a topic of the of the day, but just kind of like we're having now, we get sidetracked. But do you, so? Is it on YouTube? Uh, it's on every, wherever you can find any any uh, podcasts. Uh, so like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, same platforms that that you're on. Yeah, uh, as well. Okay. Yeah. We but just, if you look up Advanced Horsemanship anywhere else, you'll find our YouTube channel, our stuff, and then we have a TV show as well. Since we're doing all the plugs, uh, get that over with now. But we have a I have a TV show on a channel called, network called uh, RFD TV. So, like, if you get Direct TV, um, even in the basic package, you'll wow. get you'll get uh, RFD TV um, on Dish Network, uh, etc. And um, uh, so yeah, the we have we have and that's called Advantage Horsemanship TV, uh, where we're working, you know, teaching training things. Um, but uh, between between you, me, and the and the uh, well, everyone listening, I'd really, I really would love to take the TV show that we've had and and I've gone for years teaching, you know, teaching training techniques and so forth. But I'd love to really try to change it to a little bit more about motivational pieces or entertainment pieces i just don't have the i don't have the funding and the and the network to have the camera shoots that i would need to make that happen does that make sense we just need to have it sponsored by sheathunderwear.com now see there you go now you're now you're going we're going back to even how we how we met was was the original product of sheath yeah and I think we, I don't remember, we sent you some stuff and you, you were, you're, I like guys that are doing stuff, you know, and you're definitely out there getting it done and helping people and being a badass man. Um, not that you can't be a badass woman anyways. Um, cause we want bad, we want badass people representing our product. And I remember you had reached out and we just, I, we were doing some things and then it kind of, you know, time 
life. Yeah, faded off. Right. I mean, we, you know, just like anything else, we, this was something that, you know, was, I wanted to, well, hell, I just wanted to promote you um, for, for, for what, for the product that you all had. And, you know, I know that this podcast isn't necessarily talking about uh, trying to talk about products, but just as a as a real quick thing, I, I do have to because I'm not certain if I even truly thanked you for creating it, and I have to thank you for um, something else. With this, is um, well, actually, before I before I just compliment you up one side and down the mm-hmm. other, one of the things is is how I even came about finding you guys is you know like first off, I'm kind of a cheap cheap guy, right? Um, I'm the one that the, the, the wallet creaks when you open it type thing. Um, and so like any undergarments for myself, I was always, I'd always buy like the cheap crap from Walmart and in the middle of summer, I don't know what it is right now for you, but it's, it's literally 98 degrees here. Mm-hmm. Um, and hundred percent humidity. It's, it's, it's blazing hot. Right. Um, and so anyway, we, uh, well, the thing that always drive drive me crazy, especially in the heat, right? Um, I mean, we all know what the what happens underneath when when heat happens. You mm-hmm. know, when riding horses, man, I was I was always singing soprano, and it was not an easy easy thing. And so, uh, I, so you're I did, sitting on you were sitting on things. Sometimes? I was sitting on things, and 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 I mean, it was. I'd <laughs> always get those questions from from other guys. You know, like how do you how do you keep yourself comfortable during this time frame and i never truly had an answer i was like well you got to shift them and mm-hmm. kind of hope for the best you know <laughs> um and so um i'd always tell people you know no loose underwear because that that uh, that would just well that just is never good but um you know if you want to play have a role in the uh, in the upcoming nutcracker nut yeah oh my <laughs> but God, um but anyway so i did a quick search uh, actually i did a very extensive search not even quick search I did an extensive search looking for something of some kind of solution. Like I had in mind what you had already provided. And if I didn't want some kind of like monkey trunk uh, type <laughs> underwear, it was, I was not finding anything. And then eventually I ran across you guys. And so of course the rest is history when it comes to the purchase of it, obviously purchased it was it there was uh i'd say about a day of a learning curve because it felt different than what i was ever used to of course um but uh but as soon as i got on the horse i was like holy crap you know like it was it was uh nothing sort short of amazing and um and of course the added benefit to it was the material used because then you know i was saying it's 98 degrees and like the sweat man that that really gets you and but here's the here's the coolest thing and this is when I tell people about it. Um, even though you have absolutely zero relation to horses, whether you did this on purpose or not, you related it to horses by the sheer brand title. The oh. name Sheath is literally the name of the male. Uh, um, the male, yes, for uh, exactly now. For for having babies or what? Or no, it's like you have yeah, to. For, for their private, basically the male private parts of a horse, um, you know, is that's that's what we call it is the sheath, oh. and oh okay, and and literally just everybody in the horse world knows the name sheath, uh. but not necessarily from your underwear. But can you see how easy that relation becomes? Yeah. Um, and so whether you realize it or not, you gave me a perfect name because you didn't make it some weird you know, stripper name, you made it, 
<laughs> you made it. Um, you made it a perfect name for the horse world, and and uh, so I personally thank you for that as well. But anyway, um, I know well, we wasn't... went we went through a di- couple of different names, and and I just want to just agree with you that she's is a is a it was perfect name because we were we were thinking junk drawers and Southern Comfort and a couple other like kind of just dorky names because this is it sounds masculine it sounds hard cool just it i don't know it does work and i didn't come up with it that's why i can kind of give it props because my brother he we were thinking about it for like six months he came up with it and he didn't even he didn't call me and say hey i came up with a new name he called me and he just goes sheath and i was like (laughs) yes and that was it. <laughs> That's perfect. You know, yeah. when it come, when it's there, it, it uh, it's just perfect. And anyway, you can you guys came up with a great, great product, great name, and all of that. But anyway, yeah, the the uh, that's kind of where we're we're headed is is in that direction, and um, you know, trying to get up our production value because oh, you know yeah. we we yeah. really want to we really want to take that to a to a new level. But I also I also sidetracked you from. You were talking about Joe Rogan, so I didn't mean to do that. Well, so you were talking about the the button pushing and the happy place, but you have to seal it off with a laughing, like a laughter moment, you know. Yes. And, and he had a guest on recently. It's probably about three episodes back. Just look for neuroscience guy, and they were talking about how just basically laughter triggers different chemical releases in your body sure. that will give you energy. So it, I was basically just a co- cooperating. I think I've used that word three times now. <laughs> um, what you said, and I want people to take that seriously and maybe laugh more because it'll make you feel better. You'll have more energy and you can get more, be, you know, don't be so serious you know, all the time. Yeah. Everything's so serious these days. Everyone's quick to be offended instead of just some, you know, if somebody called me a hillbilly because I lost my tooth and I just so happen to live in the hills, it might be funny <laughs> or I could be offended, you know, and it's sure. just like, just relax people. Come on. Anyways. Uh, no, you're sorry. right. No, you're right. Because my, uh, I, my 11 year old son, he's been a bit late to lose, to lose his teeth. Um, and all of a sudden they're like all falling out. He literally has, I think eight teeth missing right now. So he, and he's got one growing in like right in the middle. He's like, Buster's <laughs> Joe, you know, Nice. <laughs> but you know, I don't, I hope he's not taking offense to it cause he laughs at it. But, um, and we explained to him, we're only, we're only teasing him. And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta kind of laugh at, at, at that. Like you look at him now, he's like this over, he's got this overbite buck tooth. <laughs> And you're like, oh my gosh! It just kind of all happened at once for him for some reason. <laughs> but and, uh, I, I think he knows the feeling you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and I—I I mean, somebody recent, you know, people, my boys, my buddies, my guy friends, you know, will like jab each other and talk shit, and and but it's never serious. And maybe you can't do that with strangers, but I just feel like laughter is the best medicine. Nothing new. <laughs> Yeah, you can if you know how to do it, right? And it's, you know, it's it's knowing how to communicate with with those things. That I think the biggest thing is like my my wife says it perfectly. Uh, she told me this one time because I 
I, I never really thought about it like this until she said it, but she said, you know, Scott, you have a way to tell somebody to kiss your ass uh, and they will not only not only do it, but do it happily and laughing at the same time. But if I tell someone to kiss my ass, this is coming from her. She says, people are, you know, ready to fight. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, it's, it's so true. Just, just that, that idea of, of how you say things. So like mm-hmm. you can, you can tell uh, a complete stranger to, to, you know, to shove off, but if it, it all comes down to tone Mm -hmm. Uh, and the way you say things that, uh, that makes, makes the the biggest difference in the world, which kind of comes back to even segues back into the horse bit of it. That's the biggest problem that people have. It's not always what they say. It's not what the, Mm -hmm. what training program they use. It's how they say it. And then the horse interprets it in, in such a way that is, uh, either positive or negative. And like, like body, what's that called? Um, language. You have body language, so yeah. people are always talking about body language. But what horses uh, uh, listen to even higher than that is is, uh, and people do this as well. We just aren't as aware of it all the time. Is body energy? Energy is something that we don't um, we don't realize what we what kind of energy we give give off uh, most of the time. And so horses really pick up on that energy more than they pick up on body language. See. Okay. We as humans are very narrow-minded in everything that we see. We don't always see the bigger picture. So, for example, uh, with horses and people, by the way, you can kind of associate the two. I'm going to give a horse example, but you can hopefully give see it from the people as well. Is like a horse, when they get uh, angry about something or they, they want you to get out of their space or whatever, they'll pin... They'll, they'll pin their ears back and they'll tighten their eyes. And, and you can see this visual thing that says, I'm not happy about something, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that comes like the attack of some kind, uh, whether they turn and kick or, or lunge at you, something like that. Not, mm. not that horses usually do this to humans as much, but they'll do it to each other. Um, but what you don't see, see, this is what humans see. We see this and we're like, well, this is how we should communicate with our horse. We should use... Um, we should do these crouching tiger, hidden dragon type maneuvers to try to get our horse to listen to us because we're using the same body language because we can't physically pin our ears the same way. But what di- what you don't see is what happened moments before that and the energy that was presented that the horse showed to others, which is very similar to humans. We we don't see the energy that was being brought to us, or maybe we did, and we we get a feeling. Um, right. Have you ever walked into the house? Right. Um, you said about your wife. Right. Uh, and we're going to throw her under the bus for a moment. But have you ever walked into the house and known without even seeing her that you're in trouble? Yes. Yes. Right. That's not she hasn't shown you any body language. Right. Mm-hmm. But she but but you can feel the energy in the house that something's wrong. And that that energy is um, I'm a I'm a big believer in, in it. And that energy is something that uh, we can uh, we, we show off, and we don't always realize it when we when we get to the barn or we get to someone's house, and we're providing this negative energy, and you're wondering why your horse is bad or why you know your friend's an asshole to you or whatever. Or you know, it's usually starts from within you and the communication you give off. I mean, it's bringing me to a scenario where I went on a double date with my before she was my wife and uh, some friends of ours. And we got into like a tiff on the way there. <laughs> and the fuck, the whole night was ruined. And it was because of me, because I got like, 
I'm very sensitive sometimes and I've got a lot better, but like, and like get jealous and things. And maybe she said some guy was cute or whatever. And I was, it just like, a, don't do that, but B, I shouldn't, you know, I mean, I see girls that are pretty, so it's like, relax, you know? Sure. Uh, but uh, it's just that energy, it just, if your energy is off, it's so, it's like contagious or it's it's no, definitely noticeable and it, you know, it doesn't make for a good time if, if I had had that button pressing. You know, I, it's, it's funny you say that. I was just going to say you should really, really try to find that state and putting yourself into that peak state for your own, for your own self, I think will be beneficial um, because it certainly has helped me. It's helped a lot of people. Um, I'll tell you this, this real fast story. Um, I was just recently in Alaska and I was teaching, uh, we had three days of this clinic and this woman got on and uh, she was, her horse was spooking um, you know, she would tell me like her horse, she was afraid to get on. She was petrified and she got on, uh, her horse. She's like, my horse spooks at everything. And she's walking around and the horse spooked like three times at something. You can literally see her like shaking, um, you know, in the saddle and she was trying to fake it. You know, she was smiling, but you know, you could really see that she was had fear. Right. Mm -hmm. So I told her, I said, I want to play with, with this. I'm still a student in learning this. I'm not, I can't profess to say like, I'm, I'm the, you know, perfect at, at even explaining it, uh, necessarily, but I'm working at it. And so I got off the horse. I had somebody else hold the horse and I went through the same type thing, but I was the one anchoring her. I was the one pressing the button because sometimes it is a little bit about timing. You need to be able to, when you feel that person get into that state, you need to be able to anchor it. Then if you do it too early, it's, it's does, it doesn't do anything for you. Um, and long story short, it took me, she was a little bit tougher than what I was used to. I'd already worked on maybe 15 people at that point. So I wasn't, you know, I, I can't say that I've, I've done this to a ton of people. Um, but from the research that I've done, of course, I, I know it works. But anyway, uh, the, the people I've worked on, it's worked with. But this woman, she was making me go a little deeper because the moment I thought we were done, she went to go put her foot back in the stirrup and you could just see her hand shaking. Mm. And I was like, well, crap, you know, I've, I, I, I missed something. I've got to backtrack a little bit. And I worked through it. And I, honestly, I was ad-libbing the whole thing. And, and I don't even fully remember what I said. But what I said at that moment worked because I was able to get her to get on. And throughout that day, she was then able to walk, trot, canter uh, her horse that she was petrified to even walk with. I was able to get her to walk, trot, canter, and her horse never spooked again the entire rest of the weekend. Um, and it was wicked cool. If, if her energy's off, the horse ener energy's off. If her energy's calm, exactly, the horse will be calm. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. Horses are generally speaking a reflection upon us, which is why horses are such great for therapy for things. You know, soldiers coming back from from war. You have PTSD and so forth to, to really recognize how what you are are the energy you are giving off right I'm I, you know I'm sure you've heard of how horses uh, have have been used in therapy for uh, victims of PTSD and it's been widely praised and used um, to helping uh, you know helping people over not necessarily what overcome, do you think but get through it manage is that's it, happening if that makes sense and to some overcome it. 
when people are in a certain state, right, PTSD doesn't just go away. Um, it's something that you almost suffer from daily, uh, almost every minute of, of your life. Um, uh, and, and of course, someone like you, which thank you for your service, would know way greater than I would um, understanding it. And, um, you know, so what PTSD, or I'm sorry, what horses do is they, they are a reflection upon the energy you provide, right? So, for example, if you're, if you're bringing a negative energy to the table and you have this loose horse, if you are with the negative energy walking towards, towards a horse, you might recognize that that horse leaves you. Like you go towards it, the horse walks away, right? And so then you, the question is, well, why won't this horse come to me? Well, the horse senses the the energy from within and doesn't want to be a part of it. Horses are a lot more simple creature than than um, than humans. Like, for example, horses don't have what's called a prefrontal cortex, um, which uh, makes makes uh, things. They're a lot more blunt in in kind of an easy way of saying this. They're a lot more blunt in mm-hmm. um, saying, "Well, I feel this. I don't want to be around it, so I leave." Right, humans will, you know, yeah, we, don't we feel the energy, but we're like, okay, we're going to sit through this conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And, and horses, they don't, that's not how they are. So, for example, um, you know, they, they, they would leave. And so, essentially, then what, what's uh, in process is, is learning, okay, how do I change my physiolo- physiological state to that of a, um, of, of a relaxed, a... Um, a calm state to be able to have that ability to walk up to the horse and the horse stays. And so what's been really cool is watching horses that when people go through this and you can literally see the change in them, that you will get um, horses that will, instead of you going up to them, the horse will then offer itself to the human, to the person and come right up to them. And it's been wicked cool to see things like that happen and how that person or that horse, sorry, is, is that reflection upon what the horse, uh, upon what the human is feeling and, and thinking at that moment. Yeah, that's fascinating. I have PTSD and I don't sleep. Like, it's so hard for me to like let go, like uh, probably go smoke some marijuana Sorry, anyone. Or and but and it, and it really doesn't even help, to be honest. Like I, I use it as a thing to help me relax. But at this point, I don't even know what it's doing other than just. Uh, well, that's and, and that's essentially because you're not getting to the you're not getting to the the actual problem. You're not getting down to it. You know, you use you know so, so many people use substances to try. You know, whether it be. Um, you know, like you saying, people use marijuana. They use other substances. Um, they they go to uh, get actual prescription drugs, and you know, it might because it's a chemical that you're changing that chemical uh, imbalance. It might help you mm-hmm. momentarily, but you're 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 not getting to the root of the problem, um, which is what you need to be able to do to to help. And, and whether or not, I mean, some people say you can overcome it. I'm I'm uncertain whether it's a fully overcome thing or it's a constant yeah. state of work. Uh, you know. I, I, I can't form an, a full opinion on it because I can also say I've, I've never had to deal with such an, a, an unfortunate thing that, that you go through. Um, so I can't even begin to imagine what you, what you go through. And anybody who says they understand it who's never been in that situation 
that's full of shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it, it, but it's, um, it's weird because I don't, I don't like talking about it. I don't even know. Like if I, I have it, I guess, because I can't sleep and I used to be able to sleep. So something clearly happened. Something is off, but I don't know how to get down to the root. I don't know what the root is. I don't have nightmares of my buddy getting blown up or, you know, none of my friends died over there. Right. But sometimes it's as quick as something as a, I mean, there's so many different things that trigger in the brain between a visual auditory kinesthetic, right? Something, a feel, a touch, um, a, a something, a word that's said that you may not be in your mind consciously relatable to, you know, to something that happened over there, but it can instantly make you um, switch over. Uh, uh, smells is a, is a good one. Like, have you ever, um, have you ever uh, uh, smelled a smell and then all of a sudden had like either a memory? You know, it oh, brings yeah. you back. Yeah, well, a, like a just, memory. Yeah, uh, like the pine back. trees here. I used to live in Georgia and there's like the pine trees there. Yeah. So I'm in Colorado now, but as we take our morning walks, I'm like, ah, oh, the pine. It reminds me of like when I was 12 playing hide and seek in the woods with my friends. Right. So think about just that smell in and of itself. See, the brain is not designed, by the way, to to appease you. It's not designed to make you happy. It's designed to keep you alive. Right. So you you take that. That's a positive memory for you. So your brain ends up taking this and saying, saying uh, it recognizes that smell, brings back that memory. Well, the same kind of thing happens in, in reverse in a negative way, I should say, is um, some kind of sound, noise, whatever. It could be a creak in the house. It could be something, um, or, or uh, uh, you know, something that even in your own dream, in your own subconscious, that that uh, you think that you're smelling. Right? You could. Uh, I could almost put you in a hypnotic state of mind that uh, we could be talking about um, a certain type of food of your favorite food, and you could literally sit here and taste that food and smell that food, even though there's absolutely no food in front of you. And so if your brain can do something like that, uh, your brain has the ability to then bring up the, the negative and, um, and play it against you. And so it's, that's kind of, in, in my sense, kind of the root of the problem that even I try to find with, with people with horses is, you know, you might have a fear of a horse and people are always looking at the front, right? Even kind of what you just said is like, well, I don't, you know, I don't think about the, you know, my buddy getting, getting blown up. I don't think about um, X, Y, or Z. So why am I feeling this? Well, it's something that's more probably happening in the, in the subconscious uh, with, you know, one of those few things, auditory, visual, kinesthetic um, type of, of uh, um, you know, using those feelings, essentially um, those coming back uh, to you, if that makes sense. I kind of rambled on at the end there. But um, so, yeah, I, I um, you get to that, that actual real root of it. Uh, that's when things could possibly start to, to change for you. And, and that's just, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning a lot of this stuff, but I find it to be really cool how you can work towards getting over it. But, you know, that's where where horses jump starts it because horses kind of mirror that and make you see what um, what it is that you're, you know, you're projecting. That's out what there. I wanted to talk about. And I'm, we're going to have to wrap it up shortly. But I'm so the horse acts like a mirror for your feelings. Let's say just I'm going to try to 
use my own words. And then you can yeah. see that on the outside and sort of tweak yourself accordingly and or try to, if if you will, you know, that is to where and then if the horse becomes calm, then you know you're moving in the right direction and you can it's like a guide or a exactly. tuning fork or I don't know. Yeah, no, you're you're on the right path, and and uh, and essentially, like you said, part of it is you can't just fake it with horses. You can't fake yeah. it necessarily, right? You can't put a smile on, and the horse sees that, and all of a sudden you're 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 at one with them. It has to change from within you, and sometimes for for a lot of these people, it, it's not like it's a one and done thing, and you know you may have to take do several sessions with a horse before mm-hmm. it actually changes but you know it's something that's a progressional thing more than just a immediate change i've seen really powerful immediate changes but that doesn't mean that that comes the same or for that maybe person. it would even stay if it's immediate you know they're better and then all of a sudden they go home and then maybe it comes back or something maybe so exactly uh, exactly so this is a good point to kind of tie tie a bow here because i want to yeah i i kind of want to come do some of your therapy actually but what if someone else wanted to do that how would they go about it well i don't necessarily offer as much of the ptsd stuff um yet because i uh, but there are a lot of places to do that um that that do work with that um because and they're they kind of have their ways to be able to help people even more. I'm still a student with that. But when it comes to getting, if people are trying to look how to get themselves with horses, I can, that's, that's essentially what it is that I do right now as I'm expanding and, and changing. I don't want to, I don't want to promote a, a side of me that I'm not ready for. Just no, totally. Yet, if that but makes sense. What do, so what do um, you promote then exactly for your service? So essentially, I, I pr- promote being able to get people to communicate with their horse um, a lot better and understanding them, their own selves, their own anxieties, how to start to get over these anxieties, fears, um, and become a better rider from not only the mental side, but a physical side. If you learn how to put yourself in a uh, uh, stable, centered place, both mentally and physically, because that is the thing, too, is is mentally is a big, is, it's a huge part, probably, probably one of the biggest parts, but uh, physical centered is also important. And, and I don't just mean through breathing techniques, but literally understanding how to center your gravity um, on the horse correctly is, is exactly what we do. So we give you that stability that you need to ride a horse and work with the horse. And so that's what we do. And you can always look us up. Um, like I said, there's so many different avenues, but if you Google advantage horsemanship, and uh, or my name Scott Purdom. Most people can't seem to spell my last name, so just do Advantage Horsemanship. <laughs> um, so it, you know, we have a website AdvantageHorsemanship.com. If you have DirecTV or Dish Network, the basic packages give you RFD. Um, you know, and you can uh, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time is uh, is when our show airs. Um, and uh, and we would love to you know to talk more. We've got YouTube tutorials and our podcast is horse and home on anywhere you get your your podcast that is beautiful this was a very fun entertaining and but like enlightening kind of informative which is what we want to provide that type of podcast 
for myself primarily, but if we're learning, if I'm learning, then the person listening would also probably be getting some valuable knowledge. So yeah. huge guest, Scott Purdom, P-U-R-D-U-M. Look him up. Hey, uh, you got it right. He's <laughs> uh, doing the Lord's work, if you will. Maybe not if you're not religious, but just good things to for the world, helping people with horses, following your passion. That's what we want to also promote to individuals. It's probably not going to be horses for whoever's listening, but whatever it is, find it, follow it. Don't give up. Like, And that's my message to the world is once you quit, the game's over, you know? So, it, but if, if you, you, there's always a way around every obstacle. I'm just going to say it like that. There's always a way around every obstacle, no matter what it is, unless you want to be seven foot tall. Most things, most things you can no. do. Well, you could sit on a horse. Anyways, thank you, Scott, for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was great. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. This podcast is sponsored by SheathUnderwear.com and Advantage Horsemanship. Go check them out. Thank you, everyone, for listening. For listening.